I'm back, baby. Oh, my double crap. Do you know who I am? No, but maybe if you hum a few bars. Yes, sir, random kid I just met. You know, this man's forgotten more about pain than you'll ever remember. About pain. About forgetting about. It's Jake C. Lee. I am the low rating that cancels your program. I thought you were made of sterner stuff. Don't be jealous because I'm attractive. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you're serious. Let me laugh even harder. It's time to check the link. I like that. I didn't do anything wrong because I can't do anything wrong. Hooray! People are paying attention to me. It's all in sports. Welcome to episode 7 of All In Sports. It is Jake Seeley as always. Follow me at All In Kid if you're not already. And as a reminder, as always, times that we got about nine days left until the end of September for the giveaway that I'm doing. Go give this show five stars, a review, subscribe, take a screenshot of wherever you do it, preferably iTunes. That's the one that helps the most and because Apple rules the world. But in any case, just send me the screenshot. You're entered in the contest of a signed Le'Veon Bell jersey, which doesn't mean a whole lot right now. Maybe it'll mean more later, but I'll also, he's not going to be on the team at the end of the season anyway, but it's still, hey, it's a free Le'Veon Bell signed jersey from Pristine Auction. You can't complain about that. So, fantasy football talk today. We're going to try and get you ready for week three. If you have any questions, I'll try to get to everyone on Twitter on Sunday mornings. I'm not going to be able to do it. You're going to have to check the link. Sorry, because I'm, do I'm doing the chat on The Athletic, and then I'm updating the rankings to try and get them as best as possible. So I'm sorry. That's where I am on Sunday mornings, including church. So let's dive in and talk some fantasy football. And we're going to do that today with none other than one of my favorite guys in the industry. I've actually hung out with him in person, and that's how I know he's still one of my favorite guys, because I didn't hate him afterwards. It's Mike Taglier. You can follow him on the Twitter machine. Actually, you know what? I'm going to let you do that, Mike, because I know you're at Fantasy Pros. I know you got a ton of stuff going on, but I want you to be able to tell everybody everything to go look for with you. <laughs> I mean, all you have to do is go to my Twitter handle. It's, it's at Mike Taglier NFL. And um, basically, once you go there, I, I try not to tweet out too much crap. Uh, I try and tweet out like my articles and things like that, just so my, my timeline doesn't get cluttered. Um, but yeah, I basically just put up my pin tweet for the day. It's my primer, my 25,000 word piece that I do every single week. And uh, hopefully you guys can enjoy it. Yeah, 25. That, see, I get annoyed when my columns get to like three or 4,000 because it's just like, well, I mean, you know how this is. I also spend, yeah, I tell her, but 80 hours a week. Trust me, I'm doing this for you guys. We're, Mike's doing it for you guys. We're, I, I'm not complaining about it. Yeah. I'm just saying, I feel like at a certain point, people are like, I'm done reading. So, but yours is completely different because yours encapsulates every single team and every single player you could possibly think of that's fancy relevant. So that's why it's just, it's, taking everything and just putting it in one spot just pin it well yeah i tell people that i said the reason that i can't answer too many like twitter questions because it's obviously there's a lot of research that goes into it but this article basically answers all those questions better than i can on twitter because i write about every single player from every single game you'll find out about wide receiver cornerback matchups defensive splits with and without a certain player on the field like sean lee for the cowboys um all the all that stuff man so i just i i, I put my heart and soul into it so hopefully people enjoy it yeah, well, basically, if you didn't catch that, since he never says it, and it's it's my hashtag, but if you notice, Mike is basically saying hashtag check the link. It's, it's basically, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> I actually, I broke that down in my article this week. I explained at the beginning why I started that, and that I'm not really trying to be a jerk, even though that just comes naturally. I, I'm, I'm not trying to. It's just 
as you said, the easiest way is because also there's so much more information to get from there. So speaking of information, let's talk about this week because there's a lot of things happening with just, uh, you know, everybody out there knows I do Tuesdays and Thursdays for the podcast. Just from Tuesday, there's been a lot of news and happening. So I think one of the biggest things I've seen so far, and there's a lot, but I think the one that a lot of people are struggling with is the Dalvin Cook because we don't have a clear answer yet. And I'm heading down the road where I don't care if he plays or not, Mike. I'm starting Latavius Murray if I need a flex running. Like, I'm thinking flex level running back or better. Like, I could see Latavius Murray finishing with top 15 value even if Dalvin Cook is healthy because, you know what, just like last week, they could be running out the clock by the second quarter like the Chargers were. Oh, yeah. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Like, there's a legitimate possibility. This game reminds me of, like, a, there was a Bears game where I can't even remember who the starter was. It was, like, their third-string quarterback. They were going into Seattle when Seattle had the Legion of Boom and all that. And I said, I didn't know how the Bears scored a point in that game. And I was – Was well, that the I, other McCown? That not, not Josh McCown, the, the McNown? Uh, that was yeah, the uh, – McCown. Um, McNown oh, with the end. I'm, I'm, I'm going to remember this. I will remember it. But <laughs> basically, I told my wife, I actually – I've never bet on an NFL game. Like, in terms of, like, obviously it's illegal, um, but I have – my ventures that I could have gone and I was like I want to bet the mortgage against the bears and the money line and it was like 1400 to one like basically you had to lay 1400 to win 100 bucks and she's like it's not happening but the bears didn't <laughs> score a single point in that game that's exactly how it happened and I don't see how the bills score this week so why so Dalvin Cook missed practice yesterday and people I'm so tired of hearing the thing minor hamstring tweak what does that even mean? It's either you tweaked your hamstring or you didn't. I mean, is there a tear in it? Because that's obviously a long-term issue. It, it's, it's, he knows that mythical percentage that it's hurt. Like, I'm at 73% health right now. Yeah, Jake, I, my voice is at uh, 92% today. I'm sure that 8% is just missing. It's left behind in my bed somewhere. But no, I mean, me personally, I think Latavius Murray's a fantastic play. I mean, if you look at the first two weeks, backup running backs, have totaled 28 carries for 138 yards and two touchdowns against the Bills. The Bills have allowed 21 running back touchdowns in their last 11 games. That's it's stupid. And the, the, the thing is, is Dalvin Cook, even if he does play, I think it's going to be very minimal. I think they're going to take it easy. Why put him out there when you could have Latavius Murray, a guy that's used to the workload, that you could stick him in there from time to time, is an easy win. I think Latavius Murray is one of the best plays in fantasy football this week. Well, see, that's where I, that's exactly where I was going with it too. Is like once you get up by the three scores, possibly by the end of the first quarter, like yeah. you're going to say, "Hey, we're done screwing around with Dalvin Cook. We want to make sure he's because we already headed into that. This season was already the concerns at the beginning of the preseason was the Vikings are going to take it slow because they want him for a potential Super Bowl run. So you were worried about those first six weeks. All right, so uh, I I don't want to really talk about it that much, but. It's funny how many tweet, tweets and questions, and I mean, I just go to my rankings column at the bottom. People are asking about him. Jordan Matthews signed with the Eagles because they need wide receivers. They, 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 actually, they just need healthy players in general because we could talk about this backfield too. You're not interested at all in Jordan Matthews, right? No, I mean, I'm going to pay attention for sure, but it's not something that like you need to go out of your way to pick up. Cause like the thing is, is like this guy was, he was announced out for the year and then like the Patriots released him. They're like, well, if he signs someone else, I'm like, wait, what's happening here is, is Jordan Matthews actually healthy? The, the concern that I have, it's not so much with Jordan Matthews. The concern is for Nelson Aguilar, because if Jordan Matthews yep. does indeed come back, Nelson Aguilar is not going to have that slot role because Jordan Matthews over the course of his career has shown he doesn't play well on the perimeter. He's, he's much more of a slot receiver. You didn't really need to quantify it with perimeter. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> well, no, he hasn't been a much of a receiver since, well, since he left the Eagles, to be honest. I mean, 
So I'm more worried about Nelson Aguilar than anything. Uh, it's not so much I need to get Jordan Matthews on my team, but this team really needs bodies. And I, you know, people have tied Des Bryant to the Redskins. I think that's a terrible fit because Alex, Alex Smith is unwilling to throw into tight coverage. As evidenced by last year, they already have wide receivers who can't separate on that team. So Carson Wentz, however, was the most – he was like the riskiest quarterback in the NFL last year in terms of NFL's next-gen stats. Uh, he threw in a tight coverage like over 23% of the time, if I'm not mistaken. So he's willing to give his players a chance, and Des Bryant would fit right in. So I would not be shocked if the Eagles go out there and sign Des Bryant. Uh, you know, I thought it was going to happen to begin with because Des wanted to stay in this vision. By the way, only because it's now stuck in my head since you said so. When, for, for some reason, when you said bodies and because we're talking about a team with a lot of injuries, let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies <laughs> oh, oh, Like now that's stuck in my head. I don't know why. I, I hate that song. That's a terrible song to have stuck in your head, man. <laughs> like, I feel like I should turn on WWE because the, the, the body, that's what they always love, those type of songs. But now that's like, we need to figure out something else. Maybe I should sing DuckTales. We'll get that out of the way. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I, I wasn't going to ask you about this, but you brought up Alex Smith. And I want to talk about him real quick because yep. things are not connecting in Washington. Like, they're, they're, something's not right. I don't know if it's Alex Smith. I don't know if that wide receiver core is just that poor. And I'm a fan of Josh Doxson, so I don't think it's necessarily that. If you're watching the games, there's something, like like I said, there's something not right. I don't know if he, Alex Smith, is just not fit for this system. But whatever it is, it's Chris Thompson and Jordan Reed. And not that Jordan Reed has a ton, but at least he's connecting on the most of his targets. But he even goes down to James Crowder has, what, six targets on the year? Like, what are you looking at? Like, I, I don't see how you start a single wide receiver for the Redskins, including Jamison Crowder this week. So Josh Doxson is someone that I, I wanted to like in week one because the Cardinals said they weren't going to shadow Patrick Peterson, but they did. Um, so to see Doxson like struggle in week one was, you know, that was to be expected that Peterson was going to be on him. But uh, you go to week two against the, the Colts cornerbacks, and I really don't know what Doxson's doing. Like the thing is, is I wondered if it was the separation issue that he was having, if it had to do with uh, the tough schedule that he had last year. So I was willing to give him a pass. Uh, but this year, He's not gaining separation. I mean, he's a great jump ball guy, but that doesn't float with Alex Smith. Alex Smith doesn't do that. And by the way, uh, Doxon almost had a remarkable touchdown last week. Uh, I was watching that game yesterday, I think. Um, but the ball was like, so he had the ball in his hands and the corner had like his arm like wedged in between there and he popped it out at the last second. Uh, it could have been a remarkable touchdown, but Jamison Crowder is playing at less than 100%. He's playing with a, a groin injury. And last year we saw this with Crowder. If he's not 100%, he's not playing well. I also think that Jordan Reed is stealing some of those targets that he might get. Chris Thompson's getting targeted relentlessly. It's just, it's, it's back to check down Alex Smith because basically Alex is the type of quarterback who doesn't throw the ball down the field if his wide receiver doesn't get separation. And, and Paul Richardson was a, was a questionable signing when they did it. Josh Doxson, again, he's the jump ball receiver. I think he could be a fine player with a certain quarterback, but I don't think that's Alex Smith. I think that they kind of screwed up the cast here, and it's a bunch of checkdowns, and it's going to make Alex Smith look like that. Now, mm -hmm. I think this week he's going to be fine. I think the game plan was terrible against the Colts last week. The, the, the biggest, I think the largest part of the game where they were down was like 14-3, to three, and Adrian Peterson had like 10 carries in that game. I don't understand what's happening. The bigger concern is Trent <laughs> Williams, the left tackle for Alex. Yeah, that, that's legitimate. Yeah. Yeah, if he's, if he's out, like if he like misses time, that's really bad for them because like that offensive line crumbles without him. So uh, Alex Smith, I, I still think he's a fine quarterback. I'm not 
I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Alex Smith should be beaten down and that Tyreek Hill was the only reason that he had success last year because it was a combination of both because obviously he had to get the ball there. So, yeah. I and he had Travis Kelsey versus Jordan. Like, as much as Jordan Reed in fantasy has been terrific, he's still no Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Travis Kelsey's, he's, he's such a, like, watching that guy run routes last week against that zone defense in Pittsburgh was, was so fun because, like, the dude just knows how to sit in between a linebacker and a safety. And, like, the, the inexperienced safety play in uh, Pittsburgh kind of reared its ugly head. And Patrick Mahomes, he was actually off on one of the touchdown throws. He threw it, like, a couple yards behind Kelsey. He reached back and snagged it with his giant mitts. Like, hold, hold on, Mike. Mike, what, what are you doing? You're talking film on a fantasy show? We're not, oh. did you not look at Twitter this morning? You're not supposed to do that. Oh, damn. It. I forgot. <laughs> I can't mix real NFL talk with a uh, fantasy talk my you bad can't do it the only way you're supposed to is half and half what the hell man what these people don't realize is that if you understand football it'll make you a better fantasy player but at the same time if you understand just fantasy it won't help you understand football so like i i, I understand when they like some people like when that whole ryan fitzpatrick you told me this before the show that you said ryan someone tweeted out ryan fitzpatrick has more which had nothing to do with fantasy it was just some idiot exactly. being an idiot that's my point is it's a stat. I could play stat games all day. And I love it when people put player A comparison, player B, pick one. That's the dumbest thing possible. It's like, you know what my biggest pet peeve is, Jake? You and just I, took away a segment of television from every football show out there. <laughs> I know my biggest pet peeve, like seriously, the one thing I hate most is when people do still shots. When they take a still shot, like that Trubisky still shot uh, of Trey Burton opening the end zone, when people are like, oh, that's the reason that Mitch Trubisky is not good. That is the right. stupidest thing. That is my biggest pet peeve because it doesn't show you anything. The, like if you go back and you actually watch that play on film, the way that the play was designed, he had to look in the flat first. And once he turned, that's when people took that, that shot. He, had to, he, he basically would have still had to wind up. There was two, uh, two defenders closing in on that. It would have been a very, very tight window. There's just so many things that are misunderstood in the football community. And just because one idiot posts something, it doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make them smart. It doesn't make the fantasy football community dumb. None of that stuff. There's no. It, yeah, we, we can go on a rant here. Yeah, we could. We could spend the next 30 minutes talking about that. But we, we won't because that doesn't help your fantasy lineups. You know what, Will, <laughs> is telling people whether or not to go down the Devontae Parker route again. And here's the thing, Mike. So the interesting part is there was two wide receivers this year that I have never owned, never wanted to own, and refused to own. And yet their value became so great that I said, you know what? I guess I'm going to have them on a couple teams. The first one was Sammy Watkins, who to this day has really not done a whole lot where he's got me excited, but I still have him in the bench. I mean, he was the point was he was still the fourth or fifth wide receiver I was taking in drafts. And that it was like the discount of Sammy Watkins no longer being that fringe wide receiver two or three in drafts, and I don't want to pay that. As somebody for upside on my bench, I'm going to do it. The other one, even as upside on my bench I didn't want as my first wide receiver but when we we got to the end of August when he ended up being my sixth wide receiver I said you know what I guess I'll own Devontae Parker I guess I will do that because at that point if you're going to give him for and I say for free is basically ninth round and later that that's not you know yeah, there's a cost there, but you understand that everybody out there. Mm -hmm. so how many times do you cut a 10th round player or a 15th round player? People in those range get cut all the time. Yep. So if you're going to give them to me that at no cost where it doesn't hurt my team if I cut them tomorrow, now I'm invested in Devontae Parker because I'm like, hey, it's all upside from here. He's yep. supposed to play this week. And I don't think I'm ready to plug him back in my lineup, but what are your expectations? Do you think Devontae Parker, if healthy, could potentially be a wide receiver three in fantasy? 
I do. Uh, I mean, I've been saying this all along. It's just like you look at the Dolphins depth chart. So Kenny Stills, everybody was like, he's the clear cut number one. And then people don't were do, doing. Oh, no, don't, don't be smirch his name. I'm going to be really upset. Lost if you... lost no, but then everybody, everybody did victory laps after he scored two touchdowns in that game. That was like literally it was a game to throw in the garbage with the whole multiple hour rain delays, multiple ones of them. Malcolm Butler getting beat deep. Like so Kenny Stills has eight targets through two weeks. And this, by the way. This is without Devontae Parker in the lineup. This is without Jarvis Landry in the lineup. Kenny Stills has a very specific role in this team, and it has nothing to do with the number one wide receiver. In fact, he's the number four wide receiver in targets. Jakeem Grant leads that team in in targets right now. (laughs) Jakeem Grant, Albert Wilson, Danny Mignola. Well, then, you you know what the counter argument is? It's the one that people get all – and look, okay, before I say this, because I was about to say it, and it was going to come off – so conceited because it was going to become it was going to come off as in like you're all idiots for saying this but i i didn't mean that i just i want to bring up this point because it is that counter argument it is actually you you and i talked about chris harris before the show chris harris calls it's one of his favorite crutch arguments so this is the one i'm going to paint and put the picture out there for you is Devontae parker's coming back it'll open things up for kenny stills I think Devontae Parker's a better player than Kenny Stills. So the thing is, is I, Kenny Stills is an underrated player. I'm not, gonna, I'm not taking anything away from him, but what I'm saying is that in this Kenny offense, Stills. he is who he is. And Adam Gase is not going to all of a sudden start targeting this guy 10 times a game. Whereas Devontae Parker, even with Jarvis Landry in the lineup, he started targeting him more. I mean, Devontae Parker was seeing over six targets per game last year when healthy. People forget, at the start of last year, again, with Stills, with Landry in the lineup, with Jay Cutler at quarterback, Devontae Parker was like, I think it was through three weeks, he was a top 24 wide receiver, and people were asking me, do I play him or someone who was on the, on the fringe? So people were starting him as a wide receiver three with Landry on the team. Do you mean to tell me that Danny Amendola and Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson have kind of made up for that? And, I mean, they don't have a tight end right now. Mike Kosicki's only playing part-time snaps. A.J. Derby is just a guy. It's just, for me, Devontae Parker has the pedigree to be a number one receiver. He's 6'3", he's 220 pounds. Kenny Stills, He's six foot, what, 190? Uh, he's, he's just, Kenny Stills is who he is. I think Devontae Parker is the one who can become the number one in this offense to see, you know, those eight targets per game. And when you're getting that, that, that volume, it could be a Devin Funches situation where I don't think Devin Funches is the best player in the NFL, but that doesn't no. mean he can't be a fantasy receiver. And I, I happen to think that Devontae Parker is a better than average wide receiver from what I've seen on film from him because I've gone back and watched Parker because a lot of people have told me that I overrate his talent. I disagree with that. I believe there's some inconsistencies to it, but I think he has shown alpha dog traits at times when he's been healthy. So I I love the idea of grabbing Parker if he's available on your waiver wire. I don't want to start him this week. I know it's Oakland and I know it's a good matchup, but he's probably going to see Rashawn Melvin most of the time. And Melvin has actually played pretty well. So uh, I give it a week and see how Parker, how many snaps he plays to make sure, you know, he didn't get passed up. (laughs) But I I happen to think they would have traded him if – if he got passed up on the depth chart to the point where he'd be on the bench, I think they would have traded him by now. Yeah, and I'm with you. I, Devontae Parker, Kevin White, at the top of that draft class. And, you know, for different reasons for both of them, there's been derailments and a hell of a lot more derailment for Kevin White. Kevin White's pretty much toast at this point. He's still on the roster, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he played, he, played a, he played a snap the other day when they had like four or, four or five wide receivers. I was going to say, I think he's even made it on the field once. Was what I was gonna <laughs> say. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. So Devontae Parker, the talent has always been there. Obviously, you know, we, we see these kind of things happen. But the only th- I will say this. I used to love Kenny Stills a lot more about three years ago when he used to tweet insane things. Like, I, I, you never knew what the hell he was talking about. It was quite funny. There was a segment I did for another show where it was Jake Seeley reads Kenny Stills tweets. And, and it was just because there was so 
asinine that it was just like but now he actually tweets sensible stuff so it doesn't work anymore so not as fun no he's not as fun all right you know what else is not as fun when you draft Aaron Rodgers and you have to deal with this because the whole point and even I'm sure you said because you and I were in quite a few drafts together whether it was mock or real drafts or anything like that and especially when you have experienced and I say experienced leagues because I don't want to call experts leagues for ourselves because there are experienced leagues out there as well where people do what we do and they wait and wait and wait on quarterback Mm -hmm. but once you get around to like the fifth round and you see Aaron Rodgers you're like screw it he's the best value like Aaron Rodgers in the fifth round is the best value Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz in the eighth round granted Carson Wentz we were assuming might be ready for week one at the time but even so you survived two weeks with no Carson Wentz eighth round is still fine all that being said is now Aaron Rodgers has this issue, and it doesn't look like it's going away. It looks like it's going to be – well, not looks like. It's going to bother him for the rest of the year unless he takes time off the heel, which is going to miss too much time to be valuable. So it's kind of a catch-22. It's like, do the Packers let him rest and get healthy when what they could potentially lose too many games and miss the playoffs because you have Deshaun Kaiser at quarterback? Or do you do this where the reports come out after Sunday, it's okay, but it's definitely going to get worse Every time he plays, like when I read that sentence, I said, holy crap. Well, I don't know what to do at this point. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think Aaron Rodgers would be on the field if he would make it worse. Like, I don't know if this is him, like the gamesmanship thing where he's just kind of like putting that out there. Um, like, obviously, he's got his guaranteed money. He got that big contract Ooh. before the season. Are, are you going to call it? What was his face? Uh, for the Celtics. Come on. The basketball oh, dude, player. I'm not a basketball guy. Oh, no. He was the one that's. I, this is going to bother me while we're talking. I'm going to have to look it up. So he was he's on the jump now, and people probably already know and screaming at me for who it is. But while you're talking, I'm going to look it up. It's the dude for the Celtics. He left the court with, like, in tears, like he was in severe pain, like he was never going to be able to play again, comes back two minutes later. And well, LeBron, LeBron does that too. Was that Paul Pierce? Paul Pierce, yeah, thank you. See, there you go. See, okay. you knew. I'm not a big basketball guy. Like, I pay attention, but I'm not a big basketball guy. But, um, no, so I you mean, think he's pulling a Paul Pierce? I mean, may I mean LeBron does it all the time, but uh, would you, you stop know, hating on LeBron? Wait, 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 hold on, time out. We're, we're sidebarring here. What's with you and LeBron right now? I'm just saying, like, I'm, I'm, I like when I watch the NBA. The reason I've kind of gone away from the NBA is these guys. I understand it's like entertaining in terms of their personalities off the court and that stuff. I actually love it. Um, however, I have a real issue when LeBron goes down and it looks like he has a torn ACL, and then he like. <laughs> Gims across the court, and then all of a sudden he runs and he dunks it, and you're just like, "Oh, I guess he's fine." It's like, dude, come on! Like, if you're hurt, that's like obviously you're hurt, but don't play it. Don't don't play it. And I like so, so you're telling me LeBron will be a great soccer player. Is what you're oh, trying to say? Oh god, that that was terrible, dude. I, I turned on the World Cup. Like, I was at the gym and they had the World Cup on, uh, like the t uh, the the TVs there, and I was watching while I was in the elliptical, and uh, I was like embarrassed to be watching it. Like, it was like. <laughs> What is happening right now? But LeBron, did you see? I, did you see the Neymar one? That so that that's one of the tweets that blew up the most for me in my entire history of tweeting was the Neymar one where he hit the ground and literally rolled over four times. <laughs> I did not see that one. Oh, no. I, I have, but I don't know the name. Uh, it's like a picture, like a comedy sketch, and the dude's like gets knocked down and does like flips on the ground over and over and over and over again. Oh, yeah, that's what he did. He rolled across four times over like he was on a hill. And it's just like, and then, you know, two minutes later, he's up running around. <sighs> yeah, but Roger, but by the way, so Rodgers, I don't. Yeah, what were we talking about, Rodgers? <laughs> yeah, but Aaron Rodgers, though, like, so he played against the Bears in Minnesota. Obviously, these are two of the better defenses in the NFL. He walked away with, you know, at five, over 550 yards passing, four touchdowns. I don't think anybody's going to complain about his performances so far. And now going to play against Washington, who has generated just three sacks through two games against two of maybe the worst offensive lines right now, and that the Cardinals and the Colts. The Colts could get better with time. They have a lot of moving parts. 
Um, but they three sacks. So, I mean, the Packers offensive line, it's so funny. People talked about it, you know, because like obviously being from Chicago, I'm a Bears guy and all that. People were like, what happened with the Bears defense where in the first half, it's like Rodgers was under complete duress and then that offensive line couldn't stop them. And then all of a sudden, you know, the le- after the second half and even against Minnesota, they, they weren't letting the pass rush get to him. And I said, it's because the offensive line basically went there at halftime with the Bears game and we're just like, we legitimately don't have an NFL season. Like we're here for nothing if Aaron Rodgers isn't healthy. And it, it was, I think it was kind of like a wake up call for them. Like, do you guys want to live through 2017 again? Do you guys want to do oh, that again? Or, or you know, you're right. In addition to, Hey, make adjustments at halftime. Ooh, what a surprise team to oh, do that. No, no. Mike McCarthy would not do that. Cause he's not a good coach. Oh, that's fair. But see, I wasn't attributing it to Mike McCarthy. I was attributing no, it to the offensive line. Coach. The offensive line. Yeah. They, I mean, it was a mental adjustment is what it was. I don't even know who the offensive line coach is for there. So if you're uh, let's forget the Aaron Rodgers side of it. We we know that that's the risk. If you're a Devontae Adams owner, do you I'm potentially start? You're not you're not going to field offers if you could get wide receiver one value for him. Um. I, oh, I mean, I, I guess you have to pay attention to what you can get. Um. But I Here, mean, oh, here's one. You mentioned one of the other team. If I came to you with T. Y. Hilton for Devontae Adams, mm-mm. you need more. I don't like how they're using T.Y. Hilton in the new offense. I know he scored a touchdown last week, um, but I don't like that they're not using him out of the slot a lot more. He's playing on the perimeter the majority of his snaps, and um, that's not where he's played the the majority of his career. He's been seeing good matchups down the middle of the field, and uh, Frank Reich is not using him there. Chester Rogers is playing like 80% of the slots snaps. So um, T.Y. Hilton is going to have a tougher year. And I I know it looked good last last week, but I'm not – I'm not relying that to happen week after week. And again, I mean, he might get Jalen Mills this week, so it, it might look good again for T.Y. Hilton, but I'm not, I'm not buying him. All right, let me give a few more then. Actually, you know what? What we're doing, I don't know if you – I don't think I've ever done this with you, Mike, but when we're trying to figure out something with a player and we don't know what name should go in front or behind him, I, I don't know. If, do you know what we do? Have you, have you ever heard – I should say we, me. Do you know what I do? Do you know what I do when this happens? What do you do? You know what? You just made the list. I make a list. <laughs> so that's what we're doing, just like Chris Jericho, in case you've never been around for that. So, all right. So we already have one. About wrestling? Yes, it's wrestling. I see, like the, the crossover between the, the fantasy crowd and the wrestling crowd. I never understood it. But, I mean, I, I, I watched some wrestling back in the day when Hogan and Andre here, the Giant Here's the around. truth. Here's the truth. It's scripted television. Like, yeah, for you're sure. watching for the story, and there's great athletes that do it. Just like on some of the shows you watch, there's better actors than other actors. Yep. They are all acting, but they're athletes acting. Like, what they do, for people that don't understand the physical demands of those guys, and I'm not trying to be like, oh, you should go watch wrestling. You nah. like it or you don't. I'm just, I'm just saying you don't come at Like, I understand it's a soap opera for guys. Like, it's just, it's storyline stuff. And if the story sucks... Sometimes I too actually, if anybody's ever, which they haven't, but if they ever see me watch wrestling, I pretty much fast forward about 80% of the match, unless it's two people I really want to see watch because mm-hmm. it's just more about the story and the outcomes and stuff like that. So yeah, for all those people, you can go ahead and poo poo on it or whatever. I, I don't know if you know this, Mike also, but it is fake. I don't know if you knew. I did not know that. However, yeah. I, I actually, what's funny is because I always like hated on it. I was like, why are people watching fake wrestling? But then I started thinking about it. Like you just said, uh, like, I, I think it happened at some point last year where I was like, you know what? We watch TV shows. It's acting. I mean, it's a, it's a TV show for them. And like, if they like it, that's fine. I just never understood the crossover. Why people like the fantasy football crowd and, and wrestling, why it intersected so much. Why, but, why there's so much crossover? Yeah. Because we're a bunch of 30-year-old dudes. That's yeah, we're nerds. Why. 
we're nerds. <laughs> so it's the same reason why people love my 90s and 8 bits and video games and movies. Like, because we're 30-year-old nerds. Like, what's that? That's why. <laughs> All right, so we're, we're making a list. All right, AJ Green <laughs> for Devontae Adams. Um, I think there's enough concern where I'd go AJ Green. AJ Green said, he said before this year, he wants to be the best receiver in the NFL and he's a man on a mission and uh, he looks like it so far. All right, Mike Evans. Hmm. That's really tough. Mike Evans is playing some really good football. And the thing is, is like Mike Evans, not just the stat sheet, but if you watch him, like he's playing at a different level. I think he feels the pressure of Chris Godwin. Um, I'd probably about, hold how about this? Level, but it's close. How about Mike Evans with Fitzpatrick or Mike Evans with Jameis Winston? <laughs> Jameis looked fantastic in the preseason. Like I always how thought he was quickly gonna... people forget, by the way. Yeah, I like the thing is is like he the thing is the Bucks, I think they needed to say, like, I don't think the I I think the Bucks always planned on going back to Jameis, but they had to say for like publicity purposes that they were not guaranteeing him his started job back. I get that. I know why they did that. However, you're not going to bench Ryan Fitzpatrick if he has another good game. You can't do it. Um, so I, I, I do think – No, but as soon as he has the one bad one. Exactly, yes. And it's because the biggest thing is, too, is they – you can't change – you can't make the change, like you said, if he's playing well because you'll have a revolt. At the same time, as soon as it happens, you need to find out if Winston's the future or not. This is the last year of his contract. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the thing is like, there's so many question marks about him, like with off the field stuff where it's like, where's his career going to go? Um, and if Ryan Fitzpatrick continues to play at a high level, which I mean, the offensive line is doing really well. They're not a very talented unit and they're not run blocking very well, but they are blocking for Fitzpatrick and his wide receivers, his tight ends are playing for him. Um, man, this team is rallying around him and like that press conference, like how do you not love Ryan Fitzpatrick? I, I that was terrific, honestly. Awesome. I, I said this on Tuesday, by the way. I was actually a little bit annoyed by it because I immediately made the Conor McGregor joke, and then everybody who's more famous than me made the same joke, and mine kind of got buried. Like, <laughs> Everyone who's more famous. Than I was. That was one of the first times where I was like, I was really quick to the punch on that one, oh, and yeah, yeah I, I totally got beat up by that. The only thing I could see is what what are the Buccaneers are now? Nah, I can't see them being a top five draft. Maybe somewhere and I, I that's I was starting to think to myself like hey maybe they're like we really like Justin Herbert or, or hey I don't still don't know how to pronounce his name is it Herbert or is yeah, it I don't even get into college like people yeah. like no like my friends asked me about this they're like you don't watch college during the season I'm like nope and they're like wait doesn't that help you with your job I said actually not it just takes more time because at the end of the year I'm able to watch condensed film and I can just sit down and I watch a player right. and I'll, I'll watch him like well, I'll, see, that's I'll why him. I don't know well so, yeah. so that's why that's why I don't know how to pronounce his name because the only games I've ever seen for him are on the side tv that's muted because I have two tvs in the living room there so I only watch the games on the side yep. because I'm, I mean how excited are getting we got Oregon football I also know that you're not a married man and I have a wife that would like literally murder me because I spend Sunday through uh, Friday on my football oh, yeah. stuff. Like, I'm the uh, lucky one not being married. Yeah. Well, I also have a child that uh, <laughs> a 20 month that's running around like a friggin' lunatic and uh, demands a lot of attention too. So yeah, basically that's why college in season is like off limits for me. This is the longest list I've ever made, by the way, just so you know, you should feel <laughs> proud. <laughs> uh, Tyree killer, Devontae Adams. Give me, give me Tyreek, man. Like, that dude is sick. Like, I don't know. I've, I've completely done a 180 on him, and I know. He, he just breaks football. No, he does. He's the cheat code. That's, that, that's, what I, that's what I put him in my article. I did that last week, and I said, I, I've given up. I'm not fighting it anymore. He's the cheat code, and he's really freaking good. Um, he's not the prototypical number one receiver. He's never going to be, but he is a game breaker. People don't need to be in the red zone to score, apparently. <laughs> you need to bracket him in coverage, and if you don't, he's going to beat you every time. Did you know? I don't know if you know this. Did you know that Deshaun Jackson actually has more yards than him so far? Um, 
Does, uh, yeah, he might. Um, like the thing, like Deshaun no, I'm Jackson. Telling I, you, I'm saying, did Deshaun you know? Jackson it was a question. More, <laughs> he has more. He has more yardage than Mike Evans. Yeah, I think he does. He have the most in the league. Hold he on. might actually. Yes, he actually does. He has more than he has seven more than, or six more than Michael Thomas. Two seventy five <laughs> on nine. Well, nine catches, two seventy five. Michael Thomas has twenty eight for two sixty nine. He has three times the catches and less yards. Hold on a second. Don't look this up because okay. I, I know both of us work with computers and all that. Don't look this up, but I want you to guess who are the top five rushing leaders right now in terms of rushing. Rushing? Yards. Yeah. Oh, I thought, see, I thought you were going to try and get me with the Chris Thompson thing and that he had the third most receptions in the league. That's no. not, yeah, come on. Uh, rushing, I would say James Conner's up there. He's number five. Oh, he's five? You're not going to get any of the top four, I don't think. You might get one of them. Todd Gurley? Nope. Uh, Zeke? Nope. All right, I'm just going to give them to you because you're not going to oh, get them. So. Hold on. No. Give me one more second. I've, right. I've only got two strikes. I get a third. All Easy. right. Easy. This is family feud. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think because now I'm going obscure. So hold yeah. on. You, you forced me down this path. So, cause now I know I'm not going to, none of the big names, like no cream hunt nor Jordan. And I'm not saying those just to, to get confirmation. Right. Like, I'm throwing all those names out. Um, shoot. Who's been on the field? Oh, no. I was going to say, because An do you follow Anthony Amico or Amico? Yeah, yeah. He just, I'll, I'll take a guess. Cause he tweeted about him earlier today. Lamar Miller. He is number four. Okay. I have no idea who the other three are. So right, the number three, it's top, this is the top three. Matt Breida. Oh, my God. Joe He's Mixon, number one? Yep. Joe Mixon, number two, and Philip Lindsay, number three. Wow. Joe that Mixon is, makes sense. That is the NFL rushing leaders through two weeks. And, you know, it's funny because Heath Cummings uh, posted something the other day, and I was dying laughing because, like, people forget. Uh, if we go back to last year after two weeks, people are going to overreact. And um, uh, uh, it was uh, Trevor Simeon was the number one quarterback through two weeks last year. It was uh, Ty Montgomery was the number three fantasy running back. <laughs> you had uh, Jason Witten was the number one fantasy tight end. So it's like, don't overreact to the first two weeks, guys. Uh, we say it every single year. Actually, you know what? Speaking of, segue! <laughs> we talked about Ty Montgomery. That's where I was going to go next since, we've been, next since we've been talking so much about the Packers. Now... You know this. People who follow me know this. I am a Jamal Williams fan. I am a Jamal Williams fan, and I 100% I admit Aaron Jones is more explosive. There's no question in my mind. I know that. I also know that Jamal Williams is very good all around, and I also know that maybe I'm, maybe I'm slanted, and this is why I'm asking you, is because maybe my watching his games, and maybe I have an internal bias from day one because I'm a Jamal Williams fan of saying, you know what? He played with Deshaun Kaiser last year while Aaron Jones got to play with Aaron Rodgers. This year, I admittedly even said this in the preseason, that Jamal Williams potentially has a situation that he's running into a worst-case scenario yep. because he gets the Bears and the Vikings the first two weeks, mm -hmm. and Aaron Jones comes back and looks better just because he didn't have to face the Bears and the Vikings. But we also got the report that that's great. The team comes out and says Aaron Jones is going to be the third option behind Ty Montgomery. So where are you on Jamal Williams? Because I'm still rolling Jamal Williams out this week. Well, Jamal Williams, I would still roll him out this week as well. And the reason that they're saying that is because uh, Aaron Jones can't pass protect. And if you guys watch that Bears That's game, uh, Jamal huge. Williams, like legitimately, I can't remember who it was. It was a Trevathan maybe that was coming up the middle. Yes, he, uh, Jamal Williams is not, he's not just good. He's a terrific pass. Oh, he blew him up. Like he blew him up. He like legitimately saved Aaron Rodgers' life. There was another one. Who was the one? It wasn't the one that he blew up. It was the one where he held the block for like five seconds. Yeah, Jamal Williams is a phenomenal blocker. And with Aaron Rodgers' limited mobility right now and the fact that they need to keep him 
him healthy, I think that's going to keep Jamal Williams on the field. I mean, Aaron Jones is going to get a few, like he's going to be in that five to eight touch per game territory, but it's not going to be someone that you can trust in fantasy football right now. And uh, it's tough. It's tough to see that like that changing anytime soon, to be honest with you. Uh, don't disagree with you at all. And, and that's not just because I'm saying, again, go back and watch that tape. You're talking about Mike. It was just uh, the whole game too. I forget who it was. It came in on the left side and he blocked him. And the dude came off of him and tried to get around him, blocked him again, tried to come through him a power rush and blocked him again. And I was like, dude, he looks like a freaking offensive lineman. Like you can't ignore that, especially as to your point, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be a hundred percent last there this year. So, all right, two more things before we get you out of here. Let's talk about the Jaguars as a whole. So we have Leonard Fournette, who's supposed to come back this week. TJ Hilden ends up missing practice. And then the talk of already before this even happened that Corey Grant, quote unquote, needs. By the way, is that not the most common thing this week? Everybody needs more touches. Like David Johnson needs more fast targets. Uh, Duke Johnson needs more touches. (laughs) Like everybody needs more touches this week, apparently. But in any case, we have the running back situation looks to be a headache, at least as of today being Thursday. We have the wide receivers where it's every single week. Is it going to be Cole? Is it going to be Westbrook? Is it going to be Moncrief? Kessin or Tush? What are you doing? Are you trying to start? Uh, obviously, Leonard Fournette's an RB1-ish, like fringy right there, uh, if he's playing and healthy. But the rest of this team, like, how do you even figure it out? Or are you just out there where I don't want anything to do with it? Yeah, uh, by the way, and people calling for Corey Grant to get more touches, it's like, guys, like, do, do we not learn from Toby Gerhardt and, like, guys like Jerick McKinnon? Like, come on. Stop. <laughs> Toby just, Gerhardt. I forgot stop. about Toby like, Gerhardt. Just, like, just stop. Because the thing is, is when you're when you're playing a third down role, you're playing in different packages. You're seeing sometimes five, six-man fronts. And, like, so don't don't sit here and compare Corey Grant to TJ Yeldon last week. Don't do it. I mean, he <laughs> looks solid in his role, but that's what it is. It's his role, and I think the, the Jags know that. Um, but, anyways, uh, Leonard Fournette – the Titans, tough matchup. Um, well, the last two years, they've been a tough matchup. But the first two weeks, they've allowed back-to-back 100-yard games to the Dolphins and the Texans, two teams with less-than-ideal offensive lines. Uh, you had Cam Robinson. That, that could be bad for the Jags altogether on their offensive line, their left tackle. He didn't play very well last year, but he was coming around this year. He was their, I think it was late first or early second-round pick last year. Yeah. Um, but he's down. His replacement, Josh Wells, didn't look so good. Um, so that's something to pay attention to. In regards to the wide receivers, the only one that I want to touch is Keelan Cole. Um, Keelan Cole is uh, he's so good. Um, like he's, he's, he's better than people think he is, but he's going to see a lot of top-tier cornerbacks. And last week, the reason he, he got it done is because the Patriots really didn't view him as the number one option. Uh, they actually had uh, Stephon Gilmore on Dante Moncrief, and Keelan Cole was able to take advantage of that. So um, – the matchup this week isn't great. Uh, Adoree Jackson's really freaking good. Um, like, he's going to be a good cornerback in this league. Malcolm Butler's been burned deep, but I don't know if Bortles has the time um, to get the ball down the field. So I, I, don't, I don't want Dante Moncrief at all. Uh, Westbrook, did you know that last week was the first time that he had a play that went 30 yards or more? No, yeah, doesn't it, surprise me, though. Yeah, and that's that's a guy that's supposed to be like a burner to stretch the field. I just think that Bortles had one of the best games of like his season last week. And if you go and look at his uh, matchup like last uh, matchups last year against the Titans, it's a different coaching staff, mind you. Um, but in two games against them, he threw for 381 yards, one touchdown, and four interceptions. So the Titans had his number last week. I just I, I'm avoiding these guys if I can help it. You know who Blake Bortles is? Blake Bortles is like that annoying friend but there's like nothing else really that's bad about him so you don't want to like just be like 
ghosting him in the screen, like be like, ah, I hate you, go away, and I'm not gonna <laughs> hang out with you again. But you don't really enjoy hanging out with him. Mm-hmm. Like that's like you're kind of stuck. It's like you know, do, am I a jerk and cast this guy out of my life, or do I just kind of deal with it? You know, he's just an annoying friend. He's just that annoying friend. Um, <laughs> like the one that like literally he's gonna have games, and like he did look good, and he looked good towards the end of last year, and it was like, okay, his board yeah. He he brings over pizza, and you don't have to pay for it, but then he drops a drink on your floor. Like yeah, that's, that's yeah. kind of like <laughs> go home, Blake, and leave the pizza yeah. here. All right, last one before we get out of here, and I want to talk about the Chiefs because the Chiefs are fun to talk about right yeah. now. So two ways of looking at this. Uh, one is obviously the cream hunt panic and i don't understand the panic because if you look at the number of touches of the running back touches they're basically all hunt he just hasn't scored yet and to your question i looked by the way while we were checking he's 11th in the league in rushing it's not like he's that far behind he's got 124 and 34 carries it's been fine so far it's just patrick Mahomes has been playing out of his flipping mind and so that's the second part of the question is when do you think the pumpkin happens like when do you think he turns into a pumpkin because for this week at least against the 49ers, I actually ranked them number one after ranking them number three last week. Yeah, I like him a lot this week, especially in DFS. Uh, he's only 6,000 on DraftKings. He'll be in my cash game lineups. Uh, now, I mean, if you look at the 49ers, they, they haven't been bad against the run uh, over the first two weeks. But, I mean, it was the Vikings and it was the Lions who uh, the offensive line got blown up last week. They fell behind. They weren't going to run very much. Um, Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray are running behind a terrible offensive lineup there in Minnesota. So, I mean, Kareem Hunt, I was always worried about his reception totals with, with the addition of Sammy Watkins. It's just they have so many targets there. There's no reason to check down as much as maybe Alex Smith did to Kareem Hunt last year. But I did think that the rushing totals would be better to this point, especially with the way Mahomes is playing. But Mahomes is going to regress, guys. He's not going to throw five – and he's not going to average five touchdowns a week, and that's just <laughs> – it's not going to happen. So Kareem Hunt's going to start to get some of those. I believe it happens in Kansas City because this is one of the games that's got like – I think the over-under on this one is like 56, uh, which yeah, is just – Yeah, which everybody's stupid. ignoring and ignoring the fact that Kareem Hunt is so dirt cheap. Yeah, he's at home. He's a he's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. There's nothing to dislike about him this week um, against San Francisco. Now, they are getting Ruben Foster back, but he's coming back from a, a two-game suspension, so he might be a little bit rusty. But, yeah, I, I like Kareem Hunt an awful lot this week. Yeah, I, I do too. So are you as concerned as I am that when the Patrick Mahomes thing falls apart, it's going to be like a three-interception game? Yes. Yes, because um, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and I'm not going to back away from it just because he's had a great start because I thought that some of these games would happen. I didn't think that he would start the season with 10 touchdowns and no picks. I think he's a better coach, Jay Cutler. I think Jay Cutler always had the tools. He always had the arm, um, but he made some questionable decisions, and I think that a lot of it was that he didn't have any stability in his career when it came to his coaches, when it came to his coordinators, when it came to his receivers. It was just very unstable, and I think that's why at the beginning of his career with uh, Mike Shanahan, you saw the best years of his career. When Patrick Mahomes went to Kansas City and the fact that they sat him for the year, I said they are doing everything right with this kid. I didn't think he'd come out guns blazing like he did, but he is going to make mistakes. He's not, he's not a game manager, guys. He's never going to be that guy. He's not going to end the season with you know four interceptions like Aaron Rodgers does at times. Mahomes is going to throw double-digit picks. It's going to happen. I'm going to put you on the spot here yeah. as we get you out. Over, under, 40.5 touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes. Under. Really? Under. He's only got 31 to go. I know. I know. Well, 31. <laughs> if you would have said before the season that Mahomes throws 31 interceptions or 31 touchdowns. 31 touchdowns, period. Yeah. I think, I think it would have been like a 50-50 split on people because there were some people who were high on him. But, I, yeah, I'm definitely taking the Look, other there. I, 
when he came out and I wrote about him in college, I said he is the best talent in this draft class and it's clear and the athletics and everything's amazing, but he's also got decision-making problems. And honestly, if this is another one and it's going to be like what people some do you even watch, bro? Do you watch the games? Mm-hmm. Like if you've watched the preseason and watched these first two games, he has gotten away with a, I would honestly, if you told me how many interceptions he should have, I would say about at least four or five between yeah, well, the pre, preseason and the first two games. Well, yeah, in the preseason, I remember watching the one game, uh, he threw an interception, but, and people saw that in the stat sheet. And they're like, well, you're going to get a mix of that with Mahomes. You're going to get some great throws, like his, you know, 69 air yard touchdown uh, to Tyreek Hill. Nice. And then you're going to have some plays like his, uh, like his interception. But the thing is, people didn't even realize if you go back and watch that whole game and not just the highlights, um, he actually threw an interception in the red zone that was just dropped. It was flat out just dropped. Uh, it was right in the hands of the defender. There was no receiver in the vicinity, and it was just a bad throw. And it, that's going to happen with Mahomes. It's going to happen with any young quarterback. And that's why it's like I told people last year, I'll tell them again, I won't judge Deshaun Watson off a five-game sample size last year. I won't judge Mahomes off a three-game three game sample size. I'm not going to judge Trubisky off of a couple-game sample size either. You have to give these guys some time. Now, Mahomes absolutely looks like he has the highest ceiling. I always said – so my order was actually Trubisky, Mahomes, and then Deshaun Watson. But Mahomes always had the highest ceiling. It was can he tap into that. Right. Right. Same thing. I don't remember my exact, that's why I stopped doing orders because, you know, like for what you just said for last year, I was like specifically Deshaun Watson and I'm not concerned with the others for, for last season. But as you said, the highest ceiling was Mahomes, and he landed in a great spot. There's no question. Andy Reid is the the best thing you want for a quarterback that needs to learn. Uh, But you still see it so far. The decision makers come. And that's why I told people, if I have Patrick Mahomes, if I have Josh Gordon, now he's with the Patriots, Go float out. You don't have to sell, but at least go see what's out there and try to sell high because the Josh Gordon one was a perfect example. I think it was Dave Richard tweeted it and saw what the trade was just coming back. He was getting a wide receiver of Josh Gordon's quality and Tom Brady, and then somebody traded Patrick Mahomes for like an RB1 and a wide receiver. Like people, you're going to find people overpaying. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's definitely going to happen. And again, if we go back to last year, Trevor Simeon was the number one fantasy quarterback through two weeks. I'm not saying that Mahomes is Trevor Simeon. I'm just saying yes, it's a are. very, very, yeah, very, very small sample size. Uh, you, you heard it here first. Mike Taglier said that Trevor Simeon is better than Patrick Mahomes. Obviously. <laughs> 100%. You should go tweet it out and uh, ask all those uh, pundits out there what they think. And, you know, they're not doing that. <laughs> not doing that put up the touchdown numbers and all that, like whether or not he's a hold of fame. but dude, I, will say, I will say this troy aikman was in fact overrated uh yes yes he was better than ryan fitzpatrick but troy aikman was overrated uh that's a discussion for another day for sure because you have to get, I, i'm actually looking at how my career touchdowns from your <laughs> real quick before we get out of here now what's your guess off the top of your head for what career touchdowns for trevor simeon for trevor simeon career touchdowns um I'm going to go with, hold on a second. I'll even give you how many games he's played. I will give, I will say 29. 30. Very close. Ooh, Very well wow. done. He's played, he's played 25 games. And he also has 24 interceptions, by the way. That's not, that's not great. Uh, Trevor Simeon, better than Patrick Mahomes. Mike, 
tell everybody <laughs> where they can find you and everything you do and like everything, everything, pip out everything. So people know where to get your stuff. Yeah, obviously guys, the fantasy pros football podcast. We do that uh, four times a week. Um, that's like, you know, me and Bobby host that one. And um, I, I write the primer. The primer is my, my heart and soul. Like literally all my research, anything that I talked about today, you'll find in that article. And I, uh, I do hit on every player from every game. So you'll never have a question. Basically after when you're done, if you have, if you still have a question, I probably can't answer it. <laughs> um, to be honest with you. So check that out uh, again on Twitter at Mike Taglier NFL and uh, fantasypros.com for all of your, your DFS tools, all of your articles, all that fun stuff. It's it just, it's all there. You, you can't, you mean if I come to you and I want to ask you what your thoughts are on, uh, let's say Trent Sherfield. You can't do that. No, unfortunately he's not <laughs> a fantasy relevant player. Jake. <laughs> uh, but Mike is fantasy relevant trust me if you're not following him you should be you should follow him for all the great advice everything he just said all the great work and hopefully we'll be able to do this again soon and actually i'll be joining him on his podcast i think next week sometime soon in any case go follow him as always i'm still waiting for your victoria justice we need to sing ducktales i'll see you next week